0: If you would turn your Bibles to First Peter. <clears throat> Excuse me. First Peter Chapter One. First <clears throat> Peter chapter one. If you would stand when you get there. 1 Peter chapter 1, we will begin with verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith, unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise, And honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Let's pray. Father, I love you and praise you. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us this time to come together in your house to worship you. And Lord, I thank you that. Lord, you've allowed me to recover and allowed me to come back to preach your gospel, to share your word. and Father, thank you for the honor and the privilege of being able to stand before your congregation. And Lord, I thank you for your mighty hand. And Lord, I just ask that you be with me this morning as I stand before the people, may I preach bonus and authority your truths. May your people be fed and may they be encouraged in your word this morning. And above all, we ask if there's one amongst us that doesn't know you, Lord, we pray that before we close the service, we pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will draw them to you for salvation before it's too late. You've heard the prayer request spoken. We lift them up before you and just seek that your blessed will be done with each one. And again, may everything that we sing and say and do this morning, may it glorify you. For you, Lord, are worthy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. You know, as I was at home, Pretty much laying on the the couch when I had this mess. And I tell you what, I've never been so sick in my life. That's the truth. And there was a point that I honestly thought, you know what? You're not going to make it. Loy was in the hospital. I was there at the house by myself. And you know, when you're by yourself, sometimes that can be a good thing. Because you know what you do when you're by yourself? If you know Jesus, you call upon his name. Amen. And anyways, I honestly thought, mm, this is going to be it for me. And you know, I'll be honest, I, I began to question, why am I suffering? My goodness, Lord, I've given you almost 35 years, or right at 35 years. And Lord... I've been as faithful as I can. But you see, you get in trouble when you start giving yourself credit for nothing you can do anyway. It's all through the grace of God. Uh, Anyways, but I, I will admit, Lord, why am I suffering? And you know, God gave me a thought. Remember when Solomon was walking the earth? You know, he was the wisest man on the earth. And as he walked and looked at humanity, what did he say? He said, it's all vanity. In other words, it's all empty. Life is empty. It doesn't matter if you're rich. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter where you come from. Life can be vain and it can be empty. But listen, even though we say vanity... This is not going to be gloom and doom, y'all. I laid there, and again, I couldn't help but, is this really it? I thought for sure I'd be behind the pulpit preaching, and just after I gave the invitation, the Lord called me home. That would get y'all to the altar, wouldn't it? (laughs) Y'all would be all at the altar if that happened. But you know, we don't know how or when God's going to call us home. But listen to me, if he doesn't come back in our lifetime, it's going to happen to us. Are you ready? But anyways, as I sat there, I finally said, Lord, I'm sorry for feeling sorry for myself. Lord, I've got to have some comfort. I picked up the Bible and I'll be honest this thing felt like it weighed 100 pounds I just did not feel well but I turned to this passage and I begin to read it and I want you to understand if you'll take note of what Peter's trying to tell us he will show us how we are to deal with suffering amen so as i said before, this ain't gloom and doom. In fact, us Christians have it pretty well. I'll tell you, when I was dragging my lower lip and feeling sorry for myself and questioning why am I sick like this, why am I suffering like this, the Lord took me to this verse, and look at what it says <clears throat> we have as Christians. Look at verse 3. Blessed be the God of our Father, Our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope, a living hope. So we as believers have what? A living hope. Not some dead hope, but a living hope. Look at what else we have. To an inheritance. We also have an eternal inheritance. Incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. And then look at verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. We also have a lasting salvation. Notice with me this morning, listen, I am not kept, you're not kept concerning our salvation in our own strength, in our own power. We don't keep it, God does. And if God keeps it, You can trust Him. He ain't going to let you go. If you're saved. And then notice. He says wherein ye greatly rejoice. Though now for a season. If need be you have heaviness. Through manifold temptations. And when I got to verse 6. After reading what I have. As a believer. And by the way. Not only do we have a lasting salvation, an inheritance, and all, we also have a reward to look forward to. That's going to be unbelievable. But after I got to verse 6, it says, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. And as I read that verse... What does it say to us? Does it say to feel sorry for yourself? Does it say to drag your lower lip? Does it say to get discouraged and quit on God? No, it says even through manifold temptations. And by the way, the word manifold means when trials come from every side. And believe me, they do, huh? But when those trials come from every side, don't feel sorry for yourself. Rejoice. You say, but there's nothing to rejoice about. And I'll be honest, I didn't feel like rejoicing. But the Word of God says, when they come, rejoice. Because the bottom line, what Peter's trying to say, that we need to remember is (sighs) the reality is, if you are a child of God, you will face trials. Not maybe. You will. All of those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer. It says persecution. But it also means trials. But you know what? The Lord spoke to my heart as I read this. And I'll be honest. I said rejoice. I don't feel like rejoicing. And I certainly didn't. But he says we're to rejoice. And the reality is, just because I'm saved, that doesn't mean that I won't have trials. That doesn't mean that I will not suffer. After all, Peter suffered. You remember Jesus telling Peter straight off in John 21? Uh, Peter, you're going to die for me. What if that was us? What if Jesus looked us straight in the eye and said, "Uh, By the way, you will die for my name's sake. That would be a sobering thought, wouldn't it? But Peter did. Not only that, Jesus taught him, Peter, uh, the world ain't exactly going to pat you on the back. It's going to despise you and not only will the world despise you they're going to hate your guts and they are going to harm you and beloved you and I must understand that just because we're saved doesn't mean we're not going to suffer you know christians have problems amen Christian parents have trouble with their kids sometimes. Christian marriages break up. Christians have financial problems. We have struggles. But stop listening to these health and wealth preachers out there that tell you, oh, if you get saved, you'll never have another problem. The problem with that statement is they're lying through their teeth. The reality is, as a Christian, you can expect to suffer. And when we do suffer, we don't stay down, and we don't moan and groan and stay discouraged. What we do is we learn to praise the Lord. What we do is we rejoice that the Lord would even allow us the privilege and the honor to suffer for His name's sake. Because after all, 2,000 years ago, on a cross on a hill called called Golgotha, he suffered for you and me. Amen. Amen. So I'm laying there on the couch, and I get up, and I get my Bible, and I get my recliner, and I turned over here to 1 Peter, and I read verse 6 Wherein you greatly rejoice. Though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. And then I read on and it says, the trial of your faith. And you know, that's what it comes down to, isn't it? When we get down and we are going through a trial. It all comes down to our faith and our trust. In the Lord. You see, the devil loves to attack us and our faith. You see, he wants us to think that, you know what? God doesn't care. And God can't help you. But, beloved, what a lie. You see, God can and He will. In fact, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He is always Right there when you need him the most. And by the way, whatever we go through, it's not that we overcame. It's that he went through it with us and we overcame through him. Amen. That's the truth. But again, it's always the trial of our faith. And again, what was the thing? And I'm a preacher, but I questioned, Lord, why am I sick? Man. Well, for how long have I been here now? 18 years? (laughs) Y'all are gluttons for punishment. That's all I can say. I've been here 18 years. And what have I preached? Trust God. Trust God. You can rely on God. When trials come, it'll be all right. He'll take you through. I've preached it. I've taught it. And guess what? What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Amen. Amen. I have to practice what I preach. I have to be willing to go through what you go through. No exceptions. Isn't it amazing some of these preachers can tell you to do this and do that, but they don't ever do it? Mm -mm. That's all right. they got to give an account. That the trial of your faith being much more precious Then gold that perish, I can't even say it, perisheth, though it be tried with fire. Now, Peter is talking about gold. You know what happens when you bring gold to the flame? You heat it up in a furnace. All of the impurities and all of the dross, they rise to the top. And when it's done, you have the purest of gold there. And what Peter is telling us, God will bring you and I as we go through suffering, as we go through temptations, as we go through those things, that when we come to that furnace of affliction, all of that stuff we don't need in our lives, God will remove it through the furnace of affliction. And when He's done We are pure, and we have a better walk with God. That's what he's talking about here. And he says, might be found, there's that word again, praise and honor and glory at the appearing of who? Jesus Christ. The Bible told in fact let's read it together. Uh, I think it's first Corinthians chapter four. First Corinthians chapter four. If I'm not mistaken. Well, maybe it's second Corinthians four. I think it's second. Let me see. Yeah, it's 2 Corinthians. I'm sorry, chapter 4. <coughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And if you would, get back to my place. Look at verse 17 with me. He says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory now go back to the verse we just read and it says though he be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of jesus christ when you take those two verses and you put them together what he's talking about all of the suffering as a believer all the trials we go through as a believer and again they're going to come we will realize one day when we stand before God and he rewards us for our suffering and our service to him that it was well worth every moment. Amen? Every moment. We may not see it now, but you know, we tend to forget what Jesus said. He says, Have I not told you? In me, You'll have peace. But in the world, you'll have much tribulation. But be of good cheer. Because I have overcome the world. Isn't that plain? Isn't that simple? Why do we not take him at his word? We think, oh, Lord, if I'm going through something why i'm too good for it no no we need to change our minds and our attitudes we're not too good but i know this every trial i go through no matter what it is i am not alone and god is with me so again that's what the words is now go back to our text and by the way are y'all looking forward to the appearing of Jesus Christ is that your prayer every day Lord let this be the day Lord let me look toward the east keep my eyes and my mind focused and my ear I only have one ear on that old trumpet I want to hear it and I want to be gone Listen, if he doesn't come back in our lifetime, I'd just soon him call me home. Because it's getting pretty bad, isn't it? Notice verse 8. Whom having not seen, and this is what the Lord showed me, whom having not seen, you love. I want to tell you, If you've been saved, washed by the blood, you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't help but love him. And even though you may not see him, you may not even feel him sometimes. If we belong to him, we love him. We love him. And it goes on. Peter says, and whom though... Now you seem not, look at the next two words, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. When I was laying on that old couch, I was sitting there, and I'll be the first to tell you. At first, my eyes wasn't on Jesus. And you know, we get in trouble when we take our eyes off of the Lord. We sink, don't we? My eyes weren't on him. But I had enough sense to know that the true comfort anybody's going to ever receive when there is a need in their life is Christ and his word. And I picked up the book. And again, did I feel like reading and studying? No. But I did because the Holy Spirit just kept saying, pick up the book. Pick up the book. I picked it up. And I read it. And this passage, verse 8. In singing not, you love. And I read the rest of verse 8. And, and bottom line is this. It speaks about the reality. I can't even say it. It speaks about this. God can't rely on us, but we sure can rely on Him. Amen? ability, I guess, is the word. I don't know. But again, you've got to remember, this stuff has messed me up, I guess. But you can rely on God. Understand this morning that He is with us through all our valleys. All our troubles, all our sicknesses, he's right there. He's just like David the psalmist said in Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I am thankful that I can count on him. How about you this morning? Now Let me say one other thing, and I'm going to give a quick invitation. I watch National Geographic sometimes. By the way, that's about the only thing you can watch on TV nowadays. Amen? Lots of trash on there. But I watched, oh, it's been a long time ago, but it was a show about eagles. And I tell you what, those birds, thank God it's our national symbol, and they're beautiful, they're majestic. Anyways, Do you know an eagle when she has a baby eagle that's in the nest? She'll have two or three. You know what she does? And by the way, that nest is high on a mountain, on a cliff. You know what they do? When it's time for them to leave the nest, they drop them. Now, I don't know about you, but that would scare me to death. You know that little thing that's doing this all and... To no avail. But at the very last moment, Brother Cyril, that eagle swoops down and picks up that eagle and brings it back to the nest. And it does that days over days till finally, drop it, it learns to fly on its own. You know, God's just like that eagle. When you and I go through a major trial, we're being tested just like that. We think we're fixing to perish. We're going down. And all of a sudden, he swoops in and he handles that for us. Beloved, you can count on God. Now, I don't know what you're going through. Possible somebody here this morning is in the middle of one of those manifold temptations. You might be here not going through it yet, but it's fixing to come your way. And my question to you is, who are you going to depend on? What are you going to do if It comes your way, because I assure you, it's going to come if you're a child of God. I can assure you of one precious thing, and that is the Lord said in Hebrews chapter 13, I will never leave you or forsake you. Paul said in Romans, all things work to the good of them that love God. And we forget about this part of the verse. That are the called according to his purpose. You and I, as believers, have been called by God to follow him, trust him. He knows what he's doing. But if you're under the sound of my voice and you've yet... To call upon him, you're not one of the called, but you can be. And he's calling and speaking to your heart right now through the Holy Spirit saying, yes, you need to come and trust me as your Savior. Heed his voice. Come, the altar's open. If there is a need, I assure you, Jesus and only Jesus can meet that need. And I don't care what that need is, it can be met.